This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 138 of the On The Banks Podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Happy to have uh, a second NCAA tournament preview show uh, this week. Rutgers Women's Lacrosse uh, had a head coach, Melissa Lehman, and All-American Megan Ball on earlier this week. You can find that where you can find all your podcasts for uh, On The Banks as well as onthebanks.com. And then for this episode, we preview Rutgers Men's Lacrosse headed back to the NCAA tournament as well for a second consecutive season. Just one of five teams to make the NCAA tournament field two years in a row, joining Maryland, Virginia, Georgetown, and Vermont. Really impressive season for Rutgers men's lacrosse, 13-3 overall. Two of those losses was to number one undefeated Maryland. Strong core returning to this team, but they did lose their top four scorers from last year with Adam Charlambides, uh, Kieran Mullins, Connor Kirst, and David Spruck. Uh, so for Rutgers to really not miss a beat, they earned a seed in the NCAA tournament. They're the number six seed. They will play Harvard. They'll be playing at Yersak, which is named after uh, one of the best lacrosse players uh, in program history. So that is uh, certainly exciting for this program and a huge opportunity to uh, earn a win in the NCAA tournament two years in a row. Uh, what head coach Brian Brecht has done has really been remarkable in getting this program, you know, several years being on the bubble, unable to get over the hump. And then the last two years, just uh, clearly being one of the top 10 teams in the country ranked that way all year this season was as high as number three and really has just had a dominant year. They haven't had any slip ups and they've played uh, consistent. They have had some close calls. Uh, this team just has a knack coming back and pulling games out at the end. Um, they're the top, uh, they have the top clearing percentage in the country. Uh, they have the least amount of turnovers per game in the nation, so they don't make mistakes. They're ninth in the country in scoring, 14.7 goals a game. They have Colin Kirst back in the net, just a tremendous asset for this program. Uh, and they recently had uh, seven players named All-Americans. Uh, Ethan Rall uh, was named first team, and then you had uh, Kirst, Shane Knobloch, uh, Jean Feliz, uh, Ronan Jacoby. Uh, Ross Scott, Brennan Kamish, all named second team All-Americans by USA Lacrosse. The accolades just continue to come in. Bartolo, transfer from Penn, has been tremendous in leading this team scoring-wise. Uh, Ronan Jacoby has also been a tremendous transfer. Brian Cameron from North Carolina. So they've really meshed extremely well uh, as a team. This is an experienced team. This is a confident team. And really excited to see what they can do in the NCAA tournament starting this weekend. And first off, to preview uh, that matchup and talk about the season that has been, we welcome in Rutgers men's head coach, Brian Brett. It's my pleasure. Welcome back to the On the Banks podcast. Rutgers men's lacrosse head coach, Brian Brett, about to enter the NCAA tournament for the second consecutive year. Coach Brett, thanks so much for being back. Oh, thanks for having me, Aaron. Good to be here. Coach Brett, first off, what has the last 72 hours or so been like since the announcement from the NCAA tournament, uh, finding out your draw, preparing the team, getting their mindset ready for Sunday's first round NCAA tournament game? Yeah, I think it's you know been a little ups and downs. You know, a, a great win on Thursday night over Ohio State to play for a Big Ten championship. Uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, and then, uh, you know, uh, not playing as well as we would have liked on Saturday in the championship game. You know, was was a little disappointing, I think. But uh, uh, knowing that we're in the NCAA tournament, and having a chance to gather on Sunday as a team, and and um, and and see the 
Rutgers name pop up for a, a six seed and a home game, um, I, I think is uh, pretty exciting for our program, for all our players, for our seniors, most importantly, uh, to have a home game uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I think is a great way to, you know, kind of, you know, cap off their career and the season they've had this year, uh, as well as what they've been part of uh, for the last couple of years. In regard to this team, obviously you uh, had a strong returning core from last year, over a dozen players back from last season, but you had some holes to fill offensively. I thought you did a great job with the transfer portal. Mitch Bartolo, uh, Ronan Jacoby making such an impact, Cameron from North Carolina, and also getting the returning guys to kind of buy in and, and gel as a team as well as you have. Yeah, I think a big part of our success was uh, the experience from last year's uh, NCAA run and uh, an opportunity to play in the quarterfinals uh, with all our returning players uh, that had that experience, that have been in this locker room. Uh, that certainly uh, uh, was the catalyst for uh, the success uh, this fall and uh, throughout the spring season, you know, being able to, you know, add some, uh, you know, younger players as the freshman class came in and, and, uh, and a few grad transfers with their experience from, from other programs. Uh, I think, uh, you know, our locker room, um, you know, ever since I've been here has been uh, very welcoming of all the new guys. We've had transfers in the past uh, that have come in before COVID that have been, uh, you know, impact players for us, Jeff George, Alex Schoen, you know, so, uh, you know, Nick Caparelli, so uh, there's been a, a handful of transfers that have come in uh, that have been uh, impactful to our program. And in the last couple of years, uh, you know, due to the extra year of eligibility, um, you know, we've been able to uh, attract, you know, uh, a high-end student that wants to get a you know, master's and uh, go to the School of Business as well as uh, play Big Ten lacrosse at a, at a high level, which, is, uh, which has been great for our program. And I think the guys in the locker room have, have welcomed them. And uh, it's, it's been a, a great experience to be around, you know, both on and off the field, uh, our team, um, you know, in the locker room on the field is, uh, is, a, is a great group. And I love going to practice every day with them. Ninth in the country in scoring. Um, but I think things that are really impressive that have stood out about this team is you really don't make mistakes. Uh, you're leading the country in fewest turnovers per game. And you also really don't let teams uh, get second chances, tops and clearing percentage as well. What's been the key to minimizing mistakes and being able to minimize opportunities for the opponents as well? You know, we want to be clean on the perimeter. We want to, you know, clear the ball efficiently. Uh, you know, we want to make good decisions on the offensive end. You know, give uh, Coach Saramate and Coach Ryan a, a lot of credit for, uh, you know, uh, you know the job they've done on, on their half of the field. Uh, but uh, give our players a lot of credit. You know, we have a lot of older players uh, with a lot of experience. So I, I think they make great decisions. Um, you know, and, and we have to continue doing that because, uh, you know, I don't think we did a great job with, uh, with turnovers uh, on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, uh, and I think when we're clean on the perimeter, when we are the, the leader in the country in, uh, in turnovers, like you just stated, uh, then, then we're a very good team and, uh, you know, we play well together. In talking about Saturday's Big Ten Championship loss to Maryland, you know, you went 13-3 and three this year. Two losses were to Maryland. Um, what's the biggest takeaway or lesson learned that this team can apply heading into the NCAA tournament? I, I think the, the biggest takeaway from uh, playing in the Big Ten Championship on Saturday was, uh, you know, Maryland's a very talented team, well-coached, uh, have a lot of depth and, uh, and, 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 and big-time players. Uh, but I think it comes back to uh, what we do. Uh, yeah, I think there were some things that were uncharacteristic of us, uh, you know, in the clearing game with the turnovers. You know, you know, we had 13 turnovers in the first half. Uh, and when you're playing in championship games and you're playing against good teams, uh, you know, they'll make you pay for your mistakes. And um, we had too many mistakes in the first half, which, uh, 
you know, put us in a, in a little bit of a hole and that's hard to dig out of. So uh, I think we got to take care of ourselves, whether it's in big games or all games. And uh, when we do that, um, you know, we, uh, we play very well together. In regard to faceoffs, uh, as an area last year, it was a little bit of an issue. A lot of improvement for this team uh, this year, really spearheaded by Jonathan DeHenio. Um, you know, statistically a uh, much better season. What's been the key to his improvement and the team's overall success in that area? Yeah, I think a, a lot of credit goes to, you know, Coach Dolan. Um, you know, he's uh, certainly done a great job with the face-off unit, being a face-off guy himself and having uh, expertise in that area. You know, we've, uh, you know, done a better job with our wing guys and having the experience of our rope unit out there, you know, working together with the face-off guys. But, you know, John DeHenio, he's a, a better version of him. You know, he got a year better, uh, not just a year older. You know, I think uh, having Sam Steffen uh, come in as a grad student, you know, uh, you know Michael Lotz, uh, fully healthy uh, from his injury that, you know, has allowed him to be the best version of him and, you know, having a, a talented young, uh, you know, freshman, uh, you know, with Luke, uh, the four of them have really gelled. They've competed. They've, uh, they've really helped uh, mentor each other. Uh, so uh, I think it's been a, a great collective group, you know, every day in practice and, and helping us uh, be a little bit better on game day, which is what we need. And this team is a uh, very experienced after last year, um, and then with the returning core you have, the, the transfers you have are veterans as well. Looking at, you know, the last few games before Maryland, I mean, you had some real nail biters there coming from behind. The Penn State comeback, the Ohio State comeback. How much has that actually helped this team be tournament ready uh, and, and go into Sunday with the kind of mindset that you need for the postseason? I think first and foremost, playing in the Big Ten uh, and going up against, uh, you know, that competition, you know, leading into the postseason is, is going to get you ready for the NCAAs. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been fortunate, uh, you know, the last two years, you know, uh, having a double round robin uh, last year and, um, you know, having eight Big Ten wins, you know, having uh, four Big Ten wins this year. You know, uh, you know, it, it's hard to play in the Big Ten. You know, every week uh, you got to be prepared. You got to play well, and and uh, you know you're going to get it. You know, your opponents, uh, you know, best for 60 minutes. So going on the road and getting a Big Ten win, and you know, uh, you know, having an emotional win on Senior Day and Alumni Appreciation Day against a, a rivalry game. Um, you know, with Penn State at the end of the year. Uh, you know, those are uh, those are big games for us and for all our players. So uh, at the end of the day, proud of what they've been able to accomplish. You know, whether we uh, are able to stay on the scoreboard from start to finish or it'll come back at the end. Uh, you know, you know, we get very few of these opportunities and, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, one guaranteed game, you know, right now uh, on Sunday. And that's the way it is from for the rest of the season through the month of May. So we got to prepare well and uh, take advantage of the 60 minutes we have on Sunday uh, to have success. A couple more for you, coach. Uh, this is a two parter. How excited are you and the team to host an NCAA tournament game, have it at your sack field? Uh, and the second part to that is what type of adjustments will you need to make as a team playing on grass for the first time this year versus turf? Yeah, I think the guys are extremely excited, uh, you know, have an opportunity to play at home. You know, these seniors, uh, what they've been through and uh, and what they've been able to you know, provide this program throughout their careers. You know, the excitement of all the young guys who are returning, uh, that experience is invaluable. So, uh, you know, we have a, a great uh, fan support here. In New Jersey, New Jersey lacrosse is exciting. It's growing uh, to have them out, um, you know, here at Yursac. Uh, you know, our alumni have been outstanding. So uh, the play on historic Yursac field, um, you know, Ron Yursac was an All-American for us back in the 60s and uh, very thankful for, for his generosity, but all of our alumni 
uh, that have been a big part of Rutgers across to be able to come back to the banks and, uh, and, and have a home game to, to watch uh, the Scarlet Knights. So, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, preparation, you know, we played our first round NCAA game last year on the grass uh, down in Virginia. So I don't think, uh, you know, uh, our facilities, people do a great job. You know, the grass field is in, uh, is in immaculate uh, shape uh, right now. And uh, it's the month of May. Uh, it's sunny in 70. So uh, what a great time to play lacrosse, uh, you know, here in New Jersey. And last question for you, Coach. Uh, Harvard, obviously, uh, the Ivy League was uh, arguably the best conference this year, has the most teams in the field. Um, you know, they, they had some big wins this year. What challenge do they pose for you in the first round? And secondly, what does this team need to do to be successful on Sunday? Yeah, you know, uh, the Ivy League had a, had a great season. You know, they're the highest uh, uh, ranked conference RPI. You know, uh, you know Harvard, you know, had a, had a big win over Princeton. You know, we did not have a win over Princeton. So, um, you know, we're going to have to play well, take care of ourselves. And, um, you know, uh, I know they're going to be uh, well coached, uh, excited to, you know, be playing in the NCAA tournament just like we were last year at this time. So, um, you know, it'll be it'll be a great game. And, uh, you know, we just need to have a good week of practice and um, and focus on what we need to do to have success. Rutgers men's lacrosse head coach Brian Brecht, thanks so much for being here. Always a pleasure to speak to you and best of luck to you and your team on Sunday against Harvard in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Thanks so much to Coach Brecht. Always a pleasure to speak with him and get his insight on his team and really excited to see what they can do this weekend back in the in-state tournament. And to talk more about this team, we welcome in five-year starter, Ryan Gallagher. It's my pleasure to now welcome in captain of the Rutgers men's lacrosse team, Ryan Gallagher, team headed to the NCAA tournament for back-to-back seasons. Ryan, thanks so much for being here. How's the last 48 hours been since uh, the announcement uh, that you were headed back? Yeah, no, thank you for having me, Aaron. I appreciate uh, the chance to talk to you. Yeah, the last 48 hours have been awesome. Uh, kind of hearing our name and it, it was a nice, nice little uh, spurt of joy to have after a tough game Saturday night. Um, so, you know, I think that all of us were just really excited for uh, another opportunity to compete. Uh, I know we're, we're, we're pretty hungry after this past weekend. So, yeah, excitement all around. Well, obviously, last year, you know, emotions may be a little bit different. You know, the program going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in three decades. Now you're back a second consecutive year. This is your fifth year at Rutgers. How satisfying is it for you and, and your classmates to have established this program now as an NCAA tournament regular and having the opportunity that you do in front of you? Yeah, we, I feel like we've always talked about, as especially my, my class, always talked about raising the bar uh, to, to another level of this program. You know, I think that throughout my time in my career, I've had really good peer mentors, you know, the Jules Henningbergs and Chris Mazones and Michael Rex Rhodes and uh, all those guys that really kind of laid the foundation for us to really have some success here. So I think that, you know, being the tournament regular was, was a bar that we really wanted to set uh, for future generations. And, uh, you know, I just think that I think the world of my classmates and uh, our coaching staff uh, that have been able to make it happen. So you, you've started uh, for most of your five seasons on the banks. Obviously, pretty strong core that returned this year. Uh, about a dozen guys that you know all had significant minutes last year. But you did, of course, lose three uh, you know huge players to the program over the years uh, with uh, Adam Cherlambides, Karen Mullins, and then that one year with Connor Kurse. How key was it having the group of guys that you did return, and how? How well did it work integrating the transfers that you did and the impact that they've made? Yeah, I think it's been certainly a strength of ours, uh, the amount of experience we were able to return, uh, especially playoff experience. 
Uh, I think that, you know, you look at some of the big games we've played this season, we've really responded uh, to big time atmospheres. Uh, you know, in years past, maybe when I was an underclassman, uh, we may not have you know, been as composed and, and as poised as we have been this season in, uh, in big games. Uh, you mean, I mean, you look at the, that Ohio State game on Thursday night, uh, you look at some other of the Big Ten games we played and, you know, playing Army early in February. Uh, games like that can be intimidating for a lot of young players uh, in Division One. Uh, but, you know, I think that we have a really veteran group uh, that's, that has allowed us to um, bring, bring some confidence and experience into big time games. And yeah, definitely, uh, definitely hard to replace uh, that attack line. Uh, it's a lot of scoring um, from last year. Adam and, and Kieran were such staples for this program for so long. And adding Connor to the mix was, was a scary sight to see for a lot of teams. So yeah, uh, definitely miss those guys and their offensive production. But I think we've, we've we filled the holes pretty well. Um, I think Ross Scott has really come into his own. And uh, going back to your question about um, you know, our transfers, I just think we were able to implement them so easily just because, you know, one, I think we have a pretty inclusive and accepting culture in our locker room. I think it's something that, you know, ever since I've been a freshman, we've been trying to build that. And I think we're, we, we've reached its peak right now. And I, I hope uh, the, that the locker room continues that moving forward uh, when I'm, when I'm long gone, but yeah, I think you look at our transfers and I think they're just good people, uh, good people first, you know, Mitch Bartolo is, you know, one of the most, emotionally intelligent human beings I know uh you know Ronan Jacoby is is just an animal he's he's a star uh he's just such a competitor and I think you look at also you know Brian Boswell uh another guy who you know feels like he has an underdog mentality kind of chip on his shoulder from Bucknell uh and you know there's a host of other guys uh that I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting but I just think that you know it starts with um you know our culture and those guys just being such great dudes that you know they, they were pretty much plug in place yeah, it's pretty apparent with the, the way your team was able to hit the ground running. And I, I actually failed to mention David Sprock, too. He was fourth in scoring last year. So it's pretty remarkable losing your top four scorers and you don't miss a beat all year. And actually, you know, even in a better position going to the NCAA tournament, seeded this year, sixth seed uh, hosting Harvard on Sunday. Uh, wanted to ask in terms of the home games, obviously, at your sack field, what kind of adjustment is it for you guys going from turf to playing on grass? How much have you practiced or played on grass this year? And do you anticipate, or is there anything that you as a player kind of have to mentally prepare for when you're on a different surface like that? Yeah, I think, I think it's slight. Um, I think there's definitely, it's definitely not nothing. I think it's definitely uh, something to adjust to. Um, I think when you're, you're looking at grass, you're obviously a little bit more concerned about the weather. We might have some rain coming in this weekend. Uh, so you're kind of just looking to get your footing. Um, you know, I think you're also looking you know, the ground ball game uh, may not be as smooth as um, you know, some of the turf fields that we've played on. Uh, I think in my career at Rutgers, I think I've only played on grass once, and that was down at Charlottesville, down at Clockner when we played uh, Lehigh in the first round last year. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's a surface that, you know, we're not unfamiliar with, um, but it's definitely something that will be a slight adjustment and uh, something that, you know, I don't think will have too big of an impact on the game. Just in terms of, of what this year has been like um, and for your own experience, just, uh, you know, playing under Brian Brecht as long as you have now, uh, kind of where the program was when you arrived, the vision he kind of sold you on coming here. You're not from the area. You're from Atlanta, correct? That's correct. That's correct. So, so what was it about Rutgers that, that made you want to come here? And, and I guess how has Brecht's vision come, come true for, for your own experience and for this program? When I was looking uh, at places when I was getting recruited, um, 
definitely wasn't the most highly recruited individual. You know, wasn't a top 100 recruit. Um, you know, didn't crack a lot of those write-ups that would happen after camps. Um, uh, so I think that Coach Brecht has a knack for for finding kids like myself that do have you know untapped potential, um, and I think he is you know one of the best uh, recruiters in that aspect. You know, and I was looking to come to Rutgers. I, I, I'm from the South, uh, so a lot of my friends in high school did go to, like, bigger SEC-type schools. Uh, and so I did want that big school atmosphere. I didn't want to feel super left out from that life. So, you know, in my, in my recruiting, I did visit a lot of smaller liberal arts colleges uh, that were great, but it just wasn't, wasn't for me. Rutgers was the first, you know, Power 5 school to recruit me. And, you know, I just felt that I was wanted here. And you know, I felt that, you know, I visited some other schools that you know, might, uh, you know, at the time back in 2015, 2016 may have seen as quote unquote better programs. Um, but I think that, you know, I felt wanted here a little bit in, in a different regard than, than a lot of those other schools. So uh, I definitely credit Brecht, um, Coach Brecht to, uh, to having his way with words in, uh, in, those, in those meetings. So yeah, I think Brecht's vision uh, for, for the program, um, I think he's really taken it uh, to the next level. I know that, you know, he, he hasn't really even scratched the surface of where he wants to be. You know, I think where he wants to be is competing for championships and, you know, playing, playing on Memorial Day. And I think that, you know, he knows that he has the resources and uh, the geography and, you know, the backing of, the, you know, the administration to be able to do that. So uh, I think that, you know, you know, I hope that uh, this year we're able to, um, you know, get to that, get to that point. And just in terms of, you know, your five years at Rutgers and having kind of an outsider perspective, not, you know, being an in-state kid where, you know, a lot of New Jersey kids left New Jersey, you know, saw Rutgers lose in many sports for many years. Uh, obviously, as an athletic department, you know, the last two, three years, tremendous success across the board. Seeing it this spring, of course, with women's lacrosse, baseball, uh, the fall, uh, with women's soccer, field hockey. How cool has it been for you as a student athlete to see all the other programs start to rise during your time here? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, you know, back when I committed here in 2016, I believe 2015 or 2016, you know, Rutgers athletics wasn't in, in its best spot. And I think that, um, you know, the growth that the athletics department has seen uh, has, has been incredible. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that are athletes on other teams uh, and I think that, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of credit goes to them and their leadership uh, that have been able to kind of you know, grow these programs and, you know, make Rutgers a national power in so many, so many sports. You know, I'm a huge basketball fan. Uh, you know, Rutgers basketball is awesome. So I had, had season tickets to them this season uh, to see their success has been incredible. So, you know, truly just credit to uh, the leadership on each and every program and, and credit to uh, Pat Hobbs. Uh, for, you know, pushing this athletics department and, uh, you know, dedicating so much to getting us the best facilities and, you know, the best nutrition and the best coaches around to be able to, um, to, to be able to compete at a national level. Getting back more to the NCAA tournament, uh, how much confidence does having a goalkeeper like Colin Curse give this team, uh, obviously throughout the season, but now getting uh, in back into the NCAA tournament uh, and knowing what a big game uh, player he has been for this program the last two years. It just in terms of, you know, being a, a starter and and uh, defensively knowing that you have him in the back of the net, what does that do for, for the psyche of a team like this? Yeah, he, he's such a great player. Yeah, he's, he's certainly the best goalkeeper uh, that I have been on a team with. And, and I've, I've had a lot of good goalkeepers in my time at Rutgers. Uh, you know, Max Edelman was, was all Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, Steven Russo has, has been, you know, a great starter for us in years past. 
Um, so, you know, Colin has certainly separated himself in terms of his, his wow factor and his consistency. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's great when, you know, you know, offenses, you know, we play a lot of teams that, that are really talented and, you know, just as if not more talented than us at times. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll get the ball movement going and they'll, they'll move around and, uh, you know, they'll move our defense and manipulate them, but at the end of the day, they still got to get through Colin. So that always gives you a nice, nice, uh, little safety net at the back there. But I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, underrated thing about Colin's game is his ability to, to push transition. Uh, I think that he's really great at rebound control. So if you see, you know, bounce shots or you see shots that might be, you know, away from his stick, he's able to gobble those up and not give other teams second chance opportunities. And not only is he able to do that, he's able to get the ball up and out really fast to our, to our defensive midfielders who, who love to run in transition. Uh, so I think there's a really underrated aspect to his game there that, that doesn't get a whole lot of credit. And also, uh, he's just such a great leader. Uh, you know, he's, he's a fellow captain of mine. Uh, he and I have been captaining this team all season. You know, he, he's, he's one of the greatest competitors that I've ever met in my life. Uh, all his whole family, all of his brothers, you know, Connor is such a great competitor, you know, Cole at Lehigh, CJ, CJ at, uh, Cornell and, and, uh, you know, all of them are just such great kids. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy he's on our team. So last question for you, Ryan, for this team to have success in the NCAA tournament beginning on Sunday, for you guys to have a run, what's the most important thing for this team to do? I think it's about being ourselves. I think it's about, uh, going out there and playing our game and challenging teams to beat it. You know, I think if we play our best and we play our style, uh, I think it's really hard for any team to beat us. Um, I think that at, at, in the games where, you know, we've stumbled, I think you've seen that, you know, we've tried to play outside of ourselves. Uh, we've tried to maybe force things or maybe play a little too slow or a little too fast at times or, or switch our defense up for things that may or may not have been there. So I think it's really about being ourselves. It's about being the best, you know, Rutgers lacrosse team we can be. And, you know, if we're able to do that and, you know, maintain our composure uh, in big atmospheres and big moments, I think we're going to do just fine. I think we're going to achieve our goals. Ryan Gallagher, five-year starter for Rutgers men's lacrosse, headed to the NCAA tournament for a second year in a row. Best of luck this Sunday and the rest of the season. We'll be rooting for you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Thanks so much to Ryan Gallagher and, of course, Coach Brecht as well for speaking with us ahead of Sunday's matchup against Harvard. The Ivy League was tremendous this year. Harvard obviously um, had a very good year, earned that at-large bid after not having the season last year. Certainly going to be a challenge. You know, it's going to be their first game on grass. But as Coach Brett pointed out, last year was the same scenario, uh, playing Lehigh in Virginia, and that worked out pretty well. Rutgers with a dominating win over Lehigh in that first round last year. This team looks to do the same on Sunday, but really all that matters getting that W. They have a ton of experience. They've come from behind many times this year already. Uh, and I think they have something to prove after after a disappointing Big Ten championship to Maryland. And I think the, the kind of continued theme you heard from both Coach Brecht and Gallagher, uh, Ryan Gallagher, was this team playing their style and not trying to be anything else than that. And I think if this team plays to, the, to their strengths, uh, continues to play mistake-free lacrosse, take advantage of opportunities. They could potentially make a deep run if they win. They would be set up potentially with a matchup against number three seed Penn. Of course, we'll get to that. We'd love to have them back next week to talk about it. We'll see what happens. You can, of course, find all of our coverage on men's and women's Rutgers lacrosse for this weekend's NCAA tournaments at onthebanks.com or on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Exciting times here once again. Two more teams headed to the NCAA tournament here at on the banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.